Hey there. Thanks for joining us at Risen King Church for our weekly podcast. We pray you meet God and know that you are loved today. Be sure to visit us at risenking.life to take all of your next steps and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Enjoy the message. God, thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation and the opportunity to be here. Thank you, Pastor Gabe, and thank you, Pastor Mike. It really is an honor to be here, um, to wake up on this Saturday morning, praise God, and to look forward to bacon and eggs. Amen. Or at least that's what I read on the uh, advertisement. <laughs> Uh, Farrell said, um, coffee and pancakes. I said, oh, wait, somebody changed the menu? That's cool. That's all. Uh, amen. And I haven't smelled the bacon yet, so I'm just kind of wondering. <laughs> we came here for Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Praise God. I just, um, I'm always grateful for the opportunity to, to be able to to share and, and to travel and to meet um, uh, other places of worship and, and people that are gathered together. But something's really special, um, and all jokes aside, something's very special when men come together, um, men of faith, men wanting to, to grow in their faith, men wanting to stand um, just in a position where they're hungry um, and where they desire to, to hear what God has for them in their lives. Um, as fathers, as husbands, even being single, uh, however it be. But there's something really special when men make a decision, especially in this hour that we're in right now. In this particular time, it's very difficult to, um, to represent Christ and, and to bear witness of who Jesus is on our jobs, in our communities, in our homes, it's very challenging. And you better believe that the enemy is out to dismantle and destroy the testimony of men walking in faith and walking in integrity. And so, again, I, I, just, I thank you for this opportunity that will challenge me also. Um, for me, when I get the opportunity to talk to men, the, the, the best place to talk to men is just in where God's dealing with me, just in my personal walk and in my journey and, and in my devotional time. And so coming into 2020, um, I realized that I needed to set time for the, for the Lord in the morning. And I, I realized that it was, it was critical for me just kind of just as a father uh, of three and as a husband now 20 years and still so much to, to learn and to understand in my relationship with my wife and still so much to learn uh, just in my parenting skills. Oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> you know, I got an 18-year-old, my son, he's, his name is Zion, and uh, he, he's in his freshman year in college and just, just stuff like he's just dealing with. You know, pray for a brother, all right? You know, um, oh, pray for him too, yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, my daughter, Zaina, uh, she's 16 years old. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So pray for me, you know. And then um, my youngest, Zoe, she's 10. And uh, she's easy. Like, you know, she, you know her, na her name means life. And, uh, and every day she wakes up in the morning and she just enjoys life. I'm, I'm hoping that 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 thing about her, like always getting up in the morning, pastor, and like just loving life. I hope that never changes. But I saw it change with my two teenagers, but I'm praying that this one just kind of, just stays in that place where she like, 
She gets up and she just enjoys life. And even just from the moment that she was able to walk and talk, even when we'd go into a restaurant, she would just walk through the entire restaurant. Hello, how are you? Hi, like to every table. And there's still that that about her. I know, she just thinks the world's supposed to be happy and we're like praying that God get her ready for all the mean people in the world and just the ugliness that, that is in society. But I, I say all that to say this, that actually my youngest has really challenged me to kind of wake up in the morning and experience God's presence knowing that life has been given to me because of his grace and mercy and, and God is alive and I've got life. And I know sometimes it's just stuff that we wake up to in the morning and things that are going on in life and just, you know, stuff, job, marriage, children, bills, you know, and on and on and on. And sometimes we wake up in the morning and we don't feel alive. And I've been asking God, God, when I, this year, I want to wake up alive in you. I want to wake up just knowing that you're faithful, knowing that you'll never leave nor forsake me, knowing that I belong to you and you belong to me. And so I've been asking the Lord, Lord, what is it that you would have of me going into this year? And the Lord's challenged me like, wake up with me. Experience my mercy new every morning. I almost was going to call just this time of sharing with you breakfast with Jesus, but I didn't want to distract you in any way and start causing you to overthink bacon and eggs and how soon is this guy going to be done. So I didn't, it's not breakfast with Jesus, it's, but it's his mercy in the morning. That's really it. You know, Lamentations chapter three, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Like, I want to live out those two verses in Lamentations chapter 3. I, I want that, I want that to, to nourish my soul each and every day. I want to know waking up in the morning that I'm loved. And no matter what I went through the day before, no matter what I didn't do right, or what, no matter what I did wrong, the mercies of God are still new every morning. I want to know that I'm loved. I want to know that when I wake up, man, it's the grace of God that is going to carry me through. And so I've just been really thinking about that. I, I, was, I was looking at John chapter 21. And John chapter 21 actually speaks of what it really looks like for God's mercy to be new every morning. Jesus had risen from the grave. Um, and this was the third time that he would show up. And, and the disciples would have this moment with the risen Savior. In, in John chapter 21, it talks about how Peter decided, I'm going to go fishing. And six of the guys decided to go fishing with them. Now, we can't just automatically assume that they had kind of quit on God and were now going to just kind of do their own thing. No, they were fishermen and they were hardworking guys and they needed to make a living. And so not really knowing exactly what was next with Jesus, let's just do it, do a night's work. And, and respectfully so, I, I think it's important for us to understand that these men lived a life having to take care of their loved ones, having to take care of family. Although followers of Jesus, bills still needed to be paid. Hello, somebody. They still needed to provide. They still needed to put food on the table. There's a lot that was going on in their minds. It's like, wow, okay, 
the guy we followed for three years. We walked away from our careers. We followed him all over the place. And now he's alive and he just seems to kind of just pop up and show up. I don't know what's really going on. That's a lot. But you know what? My wife told me we need some fish. So I'm going to go fishing and bills need to be paid. And so here they are all night long, seven of them as Peter leads. They go fishing and they catch nothing. I'll just begin to really just think about just that particular narrative and what it looks like for you and I and just kind of spiritually. God, what are you wanting us to understand in, in this moment? And so I, I'm reading on and I realized that they had spent the whole night. They had caught nothing, meaning that, you know, if, if this was just sort of just a, a social outing, just a just just for fun, I think they would have quit after about three or four hours. But they really tried to catch something. And they caught nothing. And here comes the morning time, and Jesus is standing on the shore. And for me, I was like, wow, man, that's, that's God. That even though you and I would go about our day as usual, God will always show up. And when God shows up, there is nothing usual about the presence of God when he shows up. I realized something that there really shouldn't be any normal days for us as believers in Christ Jesus. Every day should be a life expecting God to show up. Every day should be a, a, a day expecting God to do something extraordinary maybe. Like, I don't think normal is an option for you and I who are walking with Jesus Christ. I've realized this as, I've, as I was looking at this scripture, as I've asked God, God, I'm waking up in the morning now and I'm, I'm enjoying his presence. There's still things that I'm wrestling with in my mind, but, I'm, but at the end of it all, I'm going, God, renew my mind because you're good and you're gracious. And so I'm realizing, man, normal is not an option, brothers. Like, I don't want to do life in just an ordinary way. I want to experience an extraordinary day. The extraordinary comes out of knowing that you and I live and serve, uh, live for and serve a supernatural God. Yes, yes, so I was like, man, this, this. And so Jesus is, he's standing on the shore. Now, even this morning, maybe he's standing on the shore of your heart. Maybe just waiting for you and I to just recognize that when we encounter his presence, there's no days off with God, but actually there's a lifestyle that we live always anticipating the miracle working power of God, the breakthrough that you need, that thing that you've been praying about. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my life like not catching nothing. I've, I've had enough days in my life where it just, I've woke up in the morning, and at the end of the day, I feel nothing. I feel nothing. I thank God that we have this, this moment in Scripture where Jesus is standing on the shore, and he goes, Hey, children, you got any food? His exact first word, children. Oh, man. And Scripture tells us, that they didn't really actually know who that was at the start, who was calling out. But I began to think about this. Hands, Jesus called them children. Like he wanted them to, to understand that you belong to me. Like you have an identity. Like 
Your life is so much more than just going to work. Your life is so much more than just going fishing. So because children, like sons, like you guys who belong to me, because I went to a cross and I died and, and I rose again from the grave and you're a new person in me. You have an identity. I, because of my death on the cross, you are now reconciled unto the father. Children, did you catch anything? Because you belong to me, everything in your life matters to me. So I realized in that morning, it was like everything about life is a big deal with God. Because he loves you and I so much. There, there's, there's no part in life. There's no day. There's no moment in the day where Jesus doesn't care what's going on with you. So he's standing like on the shore. Man, children, did you catch anything? No, he didn't. No, nothing. He said, cast your net on the right side. Now, I could go real Pentecostal on you and like. Spiritualize the whole right side, you know. Like. I can crack that joke because I'm born bred Pentecostal, but but I'm not. I'm not. I just, I just, I, I, I'd like to think maybe just in a literal sense that maybe Jesus just knew that there's some fish on on this particular side of the boat, you know, or or maybe Jesus so wants to be a part of our lives that maybe even in some of the smallest things that you're dealing with in life, he wants to speak into them. Maybe things that you've attempted to fix or sort out or deal with in life, things that maybe are going on that you might think are small and really insignificant in regards to like going before God about it and praying and fasting about it. But maybe God thinks the world of that particular situation because he loves you so much. He wants to see you experience his power. He wants to see you experience a breakthrough in, in every single matter of your life and everything that's that's going on. There's I, I don't think there is any situation too big, too small that, that God would want to just draw back and allow you to just kind of be on your own and figure out. And so they cast their nets on the right side. And the Bible says that immediately, immediately, they caught 153 fish, large fish. And then scripture says that the one that Jesus loved, like that being John. John, he has a way of writing, right? Like he just made it very clear. Like this is the one that anyway, that's all. <laughs> John's like, John's like, hey, that's, that's Jesus. This, this kind of miracle, this kind of breakthrough, that's Jesus. That's Jesus on the shore. Peter's like, oh, word? Oh, well, why you talk about it? I'm going to him, right? <laughs> so so scripture says that Peter was naked, but he actually wasn't like, but naked, like he's just, he actually had like a little undergarment on. And so he throws on his, his, his outer garment, throws on his cloak, ties it up and dives in. There are some scholars that actually believe that there was a possibility Peter might have thought that maybe he was going to walk on water. <laughs> that didn't happen. 
but he throws on the outer garment. But actually, uh, it, it was it, it, in that particular time, it, it was um, it, it was it would be considered disrespectful if he had showed up to the shore with just his sort of fisherman's underwear on. And so for him, he, he was really staying true to, to custom and to tradition and to the law that when you greet somebody such as Jesus, such as rabbi, such as master, you would have that proper outer garment on. I'm so glad that today we can come to Jesus just as we are. And what's so amazing is whether he had thrown on that outer garment or not, if he would have swam to the shore with just his little undies on, Jesus still would have recommissioned him over breakfast. He shows up to shore and the Bible says in the Bible says in the chapter that Jesus was already cooking fish for breakfast. Now, I love fish, but I don't I don't do fish for breakfast. My palate just can't process that. Not for breakfast. But I find it very interesting that they catch this huge thing of fish, but even before they bring all that fish to shore, Jesus already got the fire going and he's already roasting or baking or however he's doing the fish, because you know if Jesus is cooking, it's gonna taste really good. The bread's on the side, the fish is going. They got a whole 153 great large fish that are still about 100 yards off from shore. And Jesus is saying, come on, bring some of that extra fish here. At first I was like, oh wow, does Jesus just like everything buffet style? Especially after feeding the 5,000 and having 12 baskets left over. And if you follow Jesus' track record all through scripture in the New Testament, everything was buffet and what he was doing. But it's so much more than buffet style. And hungry. <laughs> I believe that Jesus was cooking the fish on the shore because it really was a picture of you and I being invited to the table and everything that you need is already at the table. Here's what I realize as I look at this story. Yes, God wants to use your life. Yes, God wants to do miracles. Yes, he wants to be involved in every aspect of your life. But what you do can never compare to what God has already done. I believe that the fish was already cooking because Jesus wanted his disciples to understand, yes, I'm going to work through your life. Yes, I'm going to provide. But there's nothing that you can do to earn salvation. There's nothing that you can do to prove your worth. There's nothing that you need to do in order to feel affirmed. You just need to come to the table because I love you. And I did it already. I handled everything at the cross. I love this moment. I love it because sometimes we feel like, man, okay, we just caught this large, large amount of fish. Man, I just had a really good day. Man, this was a breakthrough. Man, this was a miracle. God, you're proud of me? Man, I'm going to get involved at Risen King. Man, this is going so well. And oftentimes we feel like it has to be what you're doing in order to feel affirmed in Christ Jesus. But the fish is already roasting. The bread is already there. You see, Jesus was standing on the shore of their hearts, not simply to do a miracle for them, but because he also wanted to be in fellowship with them. He desired relationship. He called them friends. As far as Jesus was concerned, 
It didn't really matter how much fish that they would catch, but he did it for them anyway because he wanted to provide for them. He wanted them to be able to provide for their families. He wanted to be involved in lives. But what Jesus was really looking forward to that morning was for a group of men at Risen King to experience his presence each and every morning that you would know that you can come to the Lord's table and there's a seat for you and everything you need is right there in his presence. His steadfast love, his mercy and his grace, it's all at the table. You just come just as you are. And I love it because Jesus said, Peter, come on, bring some of that fish in. Now don't ask me how in the world because if you look back at scripture in some strange way, that 153 fish that the other six couldn't carry themselves, somehow Peter dragged it in himself. Again, I won't go Pentecostal on you and tell you that the supernatural power of God came upon him and he dragged it. In. No, we won't go. But what I'm saying is that there becomes something different about you and me and all of us when we begin our day in the presence of God. When we wake up in the morning and we once again recognize, man, the steadfast love of the Lord, it never ceases. It showers me and covers me and washes me and cleanses me. Oh, man, I've got his mercy. I'm not getting what I deserve. That's mercy. I, I deserve a great deal of punishment for the mess that I've made through life. But every morning, God is merciful. Every morning, God is merciful. Every morning, God is gracious. Every morning, God is loving. And so I love this moment because he calls them unto himself. They, I mean, they're like really bugging out right now, just trying to process all of this. I love it. Scripture says they dare not ask, are are, are you really Jesus? The miracle was enough. So they sit down. And really, this is like the first, like, recorded moment in scripture where there's a conversation with with Jesus and Peter and I'm almost done but I was just super excited when Pharaoh just kind of led us in worship and shared just what it looks like this morning to be recommissioned because I was like bro what did you just preach the close of my message so we tag team preaching this morning because here it's Peter, super excited, jumps out the boat, swims all the way, somehow grabs 153 fish where the net didn't break. Remember the first time the net broke, but nothing's broken this time. <laughs> That's a whole nother message. <laughs> Jesus says, hey, Peter, do you love me? Mind you, last time, last time that he had had like a real intense conversation with Jesus was him telling Jesus, like, I'll never leave you. Like, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm rock with you forever and ever. My, my man from Brooklyn, like, do or die. You know what I'm saying? Like, all day, every day, I'm with you. Like, that, that uh, New York City translation on Peter. <laughs> I got you. And then all of a sudden, there he is now, just... He jumped out the water, he carried the fish in, but there's no doubt in my mind, in my opinion, that there's still just some guilt, feeling kind of just ashamed, feeling like, man, I blew it. Like, I hope he doesn't bring this up. I, you know, and I have every right to be slammed right now because of the the, the things that I thought in my mind and the way I spoke and my actions. 
And Jesus just goes, hey, Peter, do you love me? And he's like, yeah. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. And then Jesus asks a second time, hey, Peter, um, do you love me? And um, Peter's like, yeah. And Jesus is like, tend to my lambs. Like, like I, I want you to feed them, but I want you to also take care of them. Like, like I, 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 want you, I want you to be involved. I want you to be plugged in. Hey, risen king. Hey, men, you heard it. You heard it through our time of worship. I want you to understand that you've been called unto the work of the Lord. I want you to know that, that God wants to do something special in your life. I want you to know that God's going to take care of you. But the, but the body of Christ needs you. The church needs you. Risen king needs you. The house of the Lord right here in this community. We need you. I know there's been some nothing nights. I know that there's been some rough days. I know that there's been some failure. I know that there's been some stuff that you've said wrong, thought wrong. Hey, but Jesus is just saying this morning, do you love me? He didn't say, hey, Peter, I need an apology right now. Peter, wow, bro. I mean, and you straight up like looked at me, man. I was like standing in court and you like straight up looked at me. You, you said, I mean, that's how I would have responded that morning. Yo, I'm cooking you breakfast right now. What do you got to say for yourself? What do you? <laughs> Instead, he's just, third time, hey, Peter, do you love me? And this is really important because the third time, Peter says, you know my heart. You, you, you know everything. You know all things. Yes, I love you. And I believe that was the moment where Peter confesses this, this simple reality of, Jesus, you know that I am so flawed, broken. You know that I blew it. You know that I struggle with this and that. You know that I, I sometimes feel like I'm a leader, but then sometimes I just say the wrong things. You know how messed up I am. You know. And Jesus still says, feed my sheep. Why? Because there's mercy in the morning. There's grace. There's love, this steadfast love. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died on a cross. This is so that you and I, we might have life and life more abundantly. There should be this unspeakable joy that stirs in our hearts each and every day. Not because we've got it right, but because God fixed everything on the cross. And I've got the power of the Holy Spirit that's been given to me. That Holy Spirit will continue to draw you into all truth. Holy Spirit, I can't do this without the Holy Spirit. And that morning, that merciful morning, Peter was recommissioned. This would be when the pads start playing. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but you hear what I'm talking about? And in close, I just I want you to know this. It's really amazing because there's only twice where it talks about the coals of fire that were burning. There's only twice in the New Testament. Once was when Peter had this major failure. But the second time, he is being recommissioned. Once here he was under the fire 
of failure. But then there was another fire, a fire that was stirred up by God. Jesus inviting us all to the table despite failure, despite our flaws, despite our mess. And, and truly this, I believe this morning is a time to be recommissioned. And I believe that Jesus wants to ask you the same questions. Do you love me? Yeah. Feed my sheep. Our wives, our loved ones, our children need to see us here in the house of the Lord alive. Alive. There's no greater testimony, I think, than for our children to see us living a life surrendered to Jesus Christ and bearing witness to who God is and knowing that the joy of the Lord is our strength and we have this steadfast love and his mercies never come to an end. And this morning they're new for you. I just want to pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your mercy. We don't deserve it. but you give it to us freely. I thank you, Lord, that here at Risen King, every man has been invited to your table. Regardless of what we bring in, it's all at the table already. So I pray that every man here would find rest at your table this morning, that we would know how much you truly love us. And you call us your sons, children, children, God, I'm asking now that every tired, every weary heart, every troubled mind, every stressed out mind, anyone here who just is anxious, overwhelmed, I pray the peace of the Holy Spirit be upon them now. The peace and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Would you now move and comfort these men of faith? I thank you for the victory that we have in you, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for resurrection life that you now offer us. Lord, I pray now for breakthrough. I pray, God, that you would do miracles in the lives of these men, that every need would be met, that there would be provision. I thank you that there is truly mercy in the morning. In your name I pray, amen.